Welcome to the Aligned Musician Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kimberly Hankins, and I'm a violist as well as a yoga and breathwork facilitator. I created this podcast to empower musicians like you to find your own path towards healing and normalize conversations around musicians' wellness. I'm so grateful for your support and thank you for joining me. Guy Michel is a well-known professional cellist. He began his music career at the age of five in his native country, Haiti. He trained and established a foundation in classical music during his early years and continued his studies, achieving a bachelor's degree in music. In 2008, he decided to pursue a solo career outside of the classical music industry. He explored new possibilities with the cello by blending different musical genres together, creating modern popular music with a classic twist. He has performed internationally throughout Ireland, France, South Africa, Spain, Portugal, and Haiti, where he led music workshops. Even though he is classically trained, he believes that music goes beyond Bach and Beethoven or simply playing complex notes to showcase an individual's talent. It is a form of self-expression, a vehicle in which to awaken and stimulate the imagination. He loves exploring new possibilities on the cello with a repertoire ranging from easy listening to hip hop and EDM. There is no limit to what can be accomplished on an instrument. Thank you so much for being here, Guy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. I think I found your, I found your Instagram page. I I want to say a couple years ago on Instagram, and I just I I am the same way. I love all styles of music, and I loved how you were blending like classical stuff, EDM stuff, you know, sometimes rock music, like just everything is on the table, and you mix it together in a really cool way. Um, often on your electric cello, which I think is awesome. Thank you. Um, I started because um, it was my original cello teacher in Haiti, who to this day I still remember, he told me, um, he's teaching me how to play the cello, not specifically classical music, because in Haiti, um, there are so many different genres of music. There's um, bossa nova, there's um, something we call raga. There's another, there are like six different, um, six or seven different genres. So I grew up learning all these different styles on the cello because my original teacher was a huge fan of these um, traditional um, Haitian music. So he embedded those genres in me and he would even take me to um, some, some concerts and perform the traditional Haitian music on the cello, which back then, even way back then, was extremely rare because it was like, um, I think in the early 80s, and um, which was not as common as it is today when you see a string instrument, instrumentalist perform modern music back then it was only um classical music and people were like what are they doing <laughs> people thought we were crazy <laughs> so that's uh, i'm very thankful because he opened my eyes to seeing um different possibilities of the instrument so that's basically how i'm teaching my students that there are a whole new world there are many worlds outside of what we've been told in our classical music 
world. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Like I I had no idea that there were that many genres. Oh yeah. Music in Haiti and and that there was traditional Haitian music. Like I I know nothing about it. <laughs> so I'm really, I'm really excited to have you here. <laughs> and oh, yeah, I also right. I know you're really into martial arts too. Like when I when I saw your page and I just saw a mixture of this really cool cello stuff you were doing, collaborations you were doing, and then just random like you know crazy awesome martial arts like fitness like you name it it's like on your page mixed in and I just yeah I found that really inspiring how like you weren't trying to filter yourself or have like I know for me like I my tendency is to want to have separate accounts for everything I do and so I love how you're just like real and like this is who I am Um, what I do I think you should just um put everything into one page so people could see your like authentic self because I know that you're heavily into yoga and the same person that's a yogi is also a, a musician so why not share that with your audience to, oh, yeah, to, to let people know <laughs> to let people in your world so you never know there might be others like me who see a, a, a violin player in a yogi pose who might think it's cool versus separating the two because it's the same person. Yeah, and I, you know, I recently like made the switch and like combined all my stuff, but for the longest time, and I I still struggle with this. Um, I struggle with in the classical music world, wanting people to take me seriously. And there's such a stigma around like having other interests as a musician. I, I feel at least in my experience, that for a long time, I'm like, you know what, I'm just gonna, you know, do my yoga stuff over here, do my music stuff over here. But anytime I've combined the two things in interesting ways, like either with like musicians wellness content or like, um, you know, improvising music for Shavasana, like that's where the magic happens. But for some reason, like, even I myself, like, even though I have this podcast and like, you know, many people know that I am a yoga teacher and breathwork facilitator and I do all this other stuff. Um, I still find myself naturally wanting to like, to, to compartmentalize my life. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're so right. Like why limit yourself? Why no. like put yourself, try to fit yourself into a box? No matter um, what you do, you're going to piss people off. <laughs> it doesn't matter <laughs> what it is. <laughs> Somebody's going to be offended. So, <laughs> whatever. Dude, you're if you so only right. play, um, if you only play violin, people are gonna be like, "Why can't you do this?" There, people always question <laughs> who would you do. If you only post yoga, why can't you play the violin? Why did you stop playing music? You can never make everybody happy. <laughs> Is there anything you would like to share about your musician's wellness journey? Yes. Back in, um, I would say almost eight years ago, I discovered yoga. I was a personal trainer back then. And this lady, I saw this older lady doing some yoga moves and I thought it was cool. But I was like, huh, yoga, eh, it's for old people. That was my, um, that was my mindset back then. And one day she was like, huh, she, pretty much every, every time she saw me, we had small talks. And one day she she start, she's been telling me, hey, come to my class. 
uh, coming to my class, but I was like, uh, nah, nah. I'm, I'm sitting here lifting heavy weights and being a regular guy in the gym, just flexing. Oh my gosh, look at me. So one day I, I was like, you know what? Just for the sake of her, um, I don't, I don't want her to keep bothering me. Let me just take one class. And oh my gosh, mind blown. I was like, I'm sitting here lifting heavy weight and I'm struggling doing some of the moves. And I, I, it, it kind of gave me a piece of the humble pie because as strong as I thought I was, I was nowhere near as strong because some of these things I'm like, oh my gosh, why am I hurting? And I saw older folks just doing it with breeze. I'm like, oh, my ego was bruised that day. And I became a fan ever since. And I, I, that's why I was like, give me that yoga, teach me more. And I started attending her class and she um, pretty much in, in the traditional fitness world, it's all about um, breaking you down because they want you to huff and puff. You gotta, you gotta um, vomit. You gotta throw up as a, as a way of showing that it was a good workout. And she always told me, be kind to your body, listen to your body. And at first it went over my head, but over the years, I understand because a lot of these guys who are like the heavy bodybuilders, as they age, you see that they're not as functional because they destroyed their body. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, you can look good now, but you got to think long-term 30 years from now, how are you going to be able to function? And that happened to me because now I actually have um, some spine issues in my neck and my lower back. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a combination of either me playing, uh, obviously, music, practicing for hours at a time, sitting down, which we all, you know as, as, as well as anybody else, sitting down for so long messes you up. And in my case, lifting like weights that were too heavy for me just messed up my spine. So now I'm kind of paying for it. Um, but with yoga and, and kind of like the movement mindset that's happening right now, I don't know if you know anything about, um, free flow movement. Oh, no. So this is a kind of like an exercise that combine yoga and calisthenics together. So you get the best of both worlds. So, um, you could, you could look up animal movement whenever you get a chance to get an idea of how they're combining the yoga some of the yoga moves into kind of like more calisthenics. Calisthenics is another thing. Um, when I started doing that, I completely stopped like lifting heavy weights because I'm like, okay, what is that going to do? Just boost my ego. Then to tell everybody that I'm lifting a hundred pounds heavier, but I'm like, how, how does that um, help me when I get to 70, when I get to 80? Am I going to be, oh my gosh, I lift heavier than you, but I have a broken back or I can't even touch my toes. <laughs> so I started, um, it, it changed my mindset to train for longevity because I look at yogi um, and bodybuilders the same age. Look at Arnold. I, I used to follow Arnold a lot. Mr. Um, Olympia, Mr. Universe. And I look at him now, he can barely walk. And I look at a 
a few um, yogi or Shaolin monks who are like dirt old and they're able to do tricks. I'm like, oh my gosh, even 20 year olds can't do. So it really changed my perspective to the way that I train now. I'm training for 90. <laughs> right. <laughs> not for not for like two weeks from now. No. Yeah. Right. I, I don't just want to go have a summer body and my body and I'm, I'm not functional. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I dealt with some of that. Like I come from a dance background and I think there's a lot of that same mentality when I was taking Russian ballet of like you have to hurt yourself like the most important thing isn't how you feel it's like the the aesthetics of it right as an art form and I think the same thing it's like it's it's in that mindset has infiltrated so many parts of our society where we feel like what I'm what my output is or what something looks like or what something sounds like is more important than like how I actually feel and how I'm getting it done. Um, And I love how you touched on that about like working for longevity. Uh, Like as a yoga teacher, I would see some, you know, ex bodybuilders that like had blown out something and (laughs) now like didn't know what to do. And they had to relearn how to like use some very basic muscles. And um, I've definitely (laughs) seen that. and, And that's a real thing. I don't know. I love, I love yoga because it does address the whole body, but it also does pay a lot of attention to these like inner core muscles or like joint strength muscles that you don't normally target when you're lifting weights. Yeah. Yeah. Because traditional system only focus on the big muscles. They overlook the stabilizers. Nobody works on their ankles, their wrist. So a lot of these back bending moves work on your back, on your lower back. And, and it, you'd be surprised to see how many different muscles you didn't think you had <laughs> until you start doing these moves and you're like, oh my gosh, everything hurts. <laughs> <laughs> so you started out as a personal trainer, you found yoga. How did you get into martial arts? Um, I've always, um, growing up, I I grew up watching um, these Shaolin movies, even at an early age, six and seven. But back then, my mom never liked martial arts, so she didn't want me to do it. Um, but I've always had a passion for martial arts. I've always had a passion for it. I grew up watching Jackie Chan and all these guys, Bruce Lee movies, and I thought I was a, a ninja back then. So after I watch, um, after after watching a movie, I would go back and 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 reenact the entire movie so um it was not until I was old enough to pursue it on my own that I decided to do it so when I turned 18 I was like ma you know what (laughs) I can start taking martial arts now (laughs) so I've studied so many different different styles and kind of like music I'm now blending it's what pe- the 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 original term of mixed martial arts is not the USC. Unlike what the majority of people think, mixed martial arts mean you have a mixture of arts. <laughs> so that's basically it. So when people tell me when when people ask me what I do and I tell them that I'm an MMA um, practitioner, they ask me if I do any UFC but I was like no that's not the concept the concept is you 
having diff knowledge in different arts mixed martial art yeah in a very <laughs> literal sense like this is what you're doing you're not trying to be a street fighter or like no you're just i just have knowledge in different arts and i blend them just like i blend music i know different genres and i put them into one so that's the same thing in martial arts so that's my journey that's how i always post both and try to have people understand the the relationship between the two because there are concepts in martial arts that you use in mu music and vice versa. Do you feel like any of the the energy in, in yoga, like the energy work in yoga or martial arts transfers to the way that you play cello? Yeah, yes, 100%. You got to breathe. You got to pay attention to your body. You got to, like I, I, I'm going to say it again, you got to listen to your body. Breath work. And it, it releases the tension, especially musicians in the shoulders, repetitive movement. All these things that a lot of us are not taught. They just tell us, oh, we got to sit here and practice five hours. But they don't tell you the consequence of such action. So I now that I understand the relationship, I do not practice for a long time anymore. I break it, I'd rather break it into different sections, very tiny. And I make sure that I stretch. I focus on posture. I'm more aware of certain postures now. Yeah, I find that when I started really, I mean, I had done ballet, but I feel like ballet is very different. And like, you know, dance, it Western dance forms are very different than like yoga or you know, Eastern practices because mm -hmm. of what the focus is. And I know when I started really being aware of my body on like this subtle level of understanding like how I felt, like how was my breath affected by what I was doing, that it totally changed the way that I played my instrument. And so like, I agree. Like, I think everybody should do something. Like it doesn't have to be yoga or martial arts, but just like moving your body and learning how it feels mm. to do certain movements can be such a game changer. Oh yeah. And, and that's what I actually do that with my, with my students now. I do some breath work. I do some movement for them to understand because everybody has different, um, biologically well built differently. So you have to find out what works for you in terms of movement because obviously through moving you will know your limits so I do that with everybody absolutely I know um I've been told before that cello is one of the most ergonomic instruments to play like do you believe that's true or like what are some things that you find with your cello students or with yourself that like you wish you had known years ago when you were starting um um, first, posture. Uh, second is um, basically being universal, meaning I, I wasn't taught music theory as much, even in college. I, I don't know how. Um, because we focus on more on conserving conserving um I guess the the guys that we all know we all know of 
but not really theirs um, when it comes to artistry. We don't put enough, enough emphasis on creativity because music is art. So everybody speaks differently. It's just like a language. Everybody has different accents based on where you come from. So why not develop your own language based on the fundamentals, the ABCs of music, which are the 12 notes that we all know of, the chromatic scales. Why not teach us that and, and music and allow us to, to move in our own ability? I don't know if that makes any sense. But. That does make sense. I think especially in the classical music world, we're so concerned about like preserving exactly the way that something is played like almost like uh yeah almost like a museum or like going to a museum and seeing something that's like in pristine condition or like um but it's like not being able to see that I don't know sometimes I feel like not being able to see that painting or that sculpture in the original space where it was meant to be seen it's like that that makes it a different art form entirely. And in much in the same way, I think if we strive too much to recreate or preserve like playing Beethoven five the same way that it's always been played every single time forever, right? Um, then we lose sight of a lot of creativity and we don't learn that as a skill because it's like, oh, I don't have to be creative. I just have to listen to enough recordings to know how it's done. Yeah, even, it, even um us martial arts and yoga practitioners we learn moves but we are able to flow to different poses and we are taught to move and to be creative in our, in our poses sure. and and this is what i think is crucial because we, we are not taught that in music even though music is an art it's like yoga and martial arts but we, we are taught we're going to teach you how to play these notes one way and we're not allowing you to to express yourself there is no self-expression in the way we are taught it's such an interesting dichotomy that like we go to music school to learn how to replicate rather than yeah. how to express ourselves yeah because a lot of people think that i'm bashing classical music and which i'm not i'm bashing the way it is delivered so Rather than um, telling me, okay, you're gonna play Bach with, with this particular Boeing, allow me to analyze the, the music. Just like when you see a piece of art, it means something to you. It means something different to, to, the, next, to the person next to you. Give me, the sh give me the sheet and let me analyze it. Let me interpret it the way that I feel that I wanna communicate to my audience. So let me, give me the freedom to do that. <laughs> yeah absolutely I mean I I love classical music obviously like I'm so do I. that's my that's my primary like career path I love classical music I love yeah. playing orchestra I love playing the classics but there is a different feeling when you're in a group like you're in an ensemble and there's the freedom to experiment and to play things wrong and to just have fun with it yeah and then decide like what what direction do we want to take artistically like now that we've let the dust settle after you know having that freedom versus walking into a rehearsal and it's like you're okay here's how we're gonna do this exactly i think that's the reason why i 
don't get along with too many classical musicians because if it's not done their way or the way they're used to, you're not a real musician. Mm. I think that's- And I, I, I love, let me tell you, I love, I absolutely love classical music. I, I don't know how many times I got to tell people I'm, yeah. I don't hate classical music. I learned classical music throughout my whole career. And I, to this day, every morning, I play classical music to my son. So I, I don't hate it. I just hate the way it is taught. That's what people can't differentiate because people don't take the time to really listen to what I'm saying. They just hear blah, 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 blah. blah. They, they, they have selective hearing. They just hear the teaching methodology and automatically um, come up to the conclusion that I hate classical music. But I'm like, no. <laughs> well, it's hard too. Um, like when you study other styles of music and improvisation, like I think improvisation should be something taught much earlier on. But I was actually having this conversation with one of my students. It's like music, when you get sheet music, it's like you have to tell a story. Like you're reading a book for us. Mm-hmm. And like you get, like, yeah, you have to read the words that are on the page. Like you might add a couple words if you feel like just feel like adding a couple words that mean the same thing um you might change the dynamic of your voice to like get your point across exactly you might change the color of your speech like you know to have different characters if different characters are talking but like all of those choices are yours exactly <laughs> the book but you're still telling the story exactly so i would tell people imagine if everybody read every book the same way how boring it would be (laughs) oh my gosh it would be so boring (laughs) a lot of of people are more um animated and they can read the same sentence and and especially when you read or here's an example if i'm reading a book to to my son versus an adult i would not read it the same way because these are two different audiences so I'm going to be a lot more animated with the kid and start making faces and all these things. If I'm reading to an adult, they would look at me crazy if I start doing that. So, uh, so why, if it's pretty much the same thing with music, if you're reading a, 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 a piece, depending on your audience or the way you feel, you're going to deliver it in, in a different way. I don't know why people can't understand that. <laughs> either it seems like such a simple thing but I think and I think maybe it's not a matter of understanding but it's just a matter of the culture that's been created and like this idea that everything has to be perfect all the time and that Mm -hmm. you have to read every word on the page exactly how it's written or you're a failure and there's there's such these like um these harsh like rules that we put upon it but it doesn't oh, yeah. that way it doesn't every note has to be precise but we all know we stumble on our words at times we stutter at times <laughs> <laughs> absolutely so absolutely. It, it's that doesn't mean we, we're not articulate it just means dip, depending on the the setting sometimes we lose our train of thought and we just go mm, i don't know <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it, it it'll take time, but it, it's it's we're just doing our part to create awareness. Cause I, I think a lot of p- 
people don't know. So rather than fight with the, the I guess, the classical enthusiasts, we just need to do our part and, and, and whoever gravitates towards us. Because right now, I, I, I decided not to get into a, a battle with other musicians. If you don't like what I'm doing, you, f you have the free will to just either keep scrolling or just don't say anything. You don't have to watch what I do. If you don't like it, just find another page. So yeah. I'm not gonna get into a battle. <laughs> it's a wasted energy for me. So if you like what I do, fine. If not, fine. Yeah, that's so great. I love that. Um, and yeah, it can be really easy too as musicians to like compare each other and like want to, um, want to be the best but it's like if we are viewing music through this lens of like interpretation individual interpretation is what's important then there's space for all of us and yeah if people don't like what what i have to say like that's fine um yeah. you know like they don't have to follow you <laughs> exactly yeah there's <laughs> There's a whole like Instagram, ever you know, the whole world of the internet is out there for you to find. Yeah, it. there yeah. are billions of people for you to follow, and the the rather than in trying to, I guess, sell the unsellable. Uh, that's not a word, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> trying to convince people to to it's like when you try to sell something and people tell you no, and you're like, why not? Why not? versus somebody who's more likely to, to buy what you're selling. So focus on these people. So in your, in your travels through Europe, Africa, do you find that these same principles play out? Like, do you feel like the classical music world is just as strict as maybe like in the no. US or? Um, no, no, um, because it seems like now, um, what in my experience, people actually are yearning for something else because, um, especially in, I went to South Africa and, um, when I started playing, people were so shocked that I was able to do the things that I did because they didn't think it was possible. And this older woman came up to me, which to, to this day, I was like, oh my gosh, this, this was so profound. It touched me. She actually cried. She came up to me and my wife was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know you, you, you just made my day because I've been looking for this and that. I've been looking for, I don't know, whatever I did, pretty much she was looking for. She was like, yeah, she, not a lot of people are creative and not a lot of people are, are expressing themselves. And it's always the same thing. And oh my gosh, thank you for showing me. I was like, oh my gosh. I mean, I, I just played that. I, I didn't want to get it. I wasn't trying to be so deep, but yeah. So that's what really motivated me to keep doing what I'm doing because I'm like, if even if I touch one person, that's that's good enough for me. As long as I'm, even if I if I'm able to open up one person's mindset to just be themselves, to try new things, even, even if they fail, 
But to me, that's an accomplishment for them to not limit themselves and, and focus on other people's opinions. So it's different in other countries. So beautiful and inspiring. That's amazing. Uh, you'd be surprised. A lot of people are watching, even if they're not engaging, they are watching. Mm. That's what I've learned throughout my career, that people are watching. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find that with everything being online now and not, not having so many in-person opportunities or like, is there any advice that you would give for people who are musicians wanting to find more performance opportunities or like, how have you done this last year with like, cause I know I've seen you, I've seen you on TikTok just like <laughs> blowing up. And I'm like, this is amazing that you found such a cool way to like continue performing and inspiring others. And so, um, um, yeah, any thoughts on that? Here, I'm gonna go back to martial arts. Um, okay. <laughs> the, I always relate everything that I do to martial arts so um there's a concept when you're fighting that there are a lot of unknown so you cannot really prepare because there's going to be things that you didn't foresee come up to you so your job as as far as defending yourself is to adjust and adapt because real life happens and it's very chaotic so 2020 was a real um, lesson for me because it started in February where people who booked me a year in advance started calling me and canceling. And I started panicking. I was like, oh my gosh, I just had a baby. I just bought a house. How am I gonna be a provider? So, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. The first couple of weeks were very depressing. I was like, oh my gosh, I started panicking. What am I gonna do? Ah, then I was like, okay, now calm down, pause. We gotta get into survival mode now. So either you sink or you swim. So me wasting a lot of energy complaining and whining is not gonna solve my problem because I have people who are dependent on me. <laughs> So I have to figure something out. And um, I started going online and obviously, and YouTube and Google are your best friends. So when in doubt, <laughs> go on the internet. So I started um, Googling how to, how to keep um, pretty much the business going, how musicianship, how to stay relevant. I came across a lot of TikTok videos and people started um, talking about live streaming. And I was like, you know what, whatever. I thought TikTok was just for nine-year-olds who wanted to dance and just do all these <laughs> weird things. I was like, you know what, let me just give it a shot. It's not going to hurt. Either they just ignore me or they notice me. And I posted one video and all of a sudden people started tagging me. Can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? I was like, oh, shoot. Um, it, it, it became somewhat overwhelming at the amount of requests that I started getting because people started telling me, oh yeah, I, I released a new original or I did this, can you add some cello to it? And it just pretty much took a, a life of its own. So it really taught me to just take a chance because you will get, <laughs> if you don't ask, you always get a no. So that's how I was able to pivot. 
that's such great advice too it's just like go for it and if it doesn't work out you know at least you tried yeah at least you tried (laughs) at least you tried what's like the coolest collaboration on tiktok or what's the coolest collaboration that has come out of tiktok um actually I have to really give a shout out to this guy named Felonius Skunk. He, I know, interesting name, right? Um, (laughs) He is the one who actually um, created awareness to my music because he tagged me because it was like, he didn't know there were musicians on TikTok either. So he posted a video and asked me to kind of like what we call a duet his his song mm-hmm. and that is really what blew me up on tiktok because now i think i had over twenty thousand comments and stuff like that people were like oh my gosh yeah so um and i don't know if you know twitch so the 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 guy who's the, the dancer on ellen so he i guess through all of that I guess created an awareness where he just started following me and I'm like, oh, okay, sure. Oh wow. Yeah. That's awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah. You do a lot of different things with like teaching, performing, your own movement practices. Like, how do you find a way to balance it all and not like lose yourself or lose your mind in that process? <laughs> Um, I prioritize and I don't, um, judge myself. If there are days where I can't make a, a martial arts thing, or I can't just do thing, something, whatever it is that I cannot do, I'm like, okay, it is what it is. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh my gosh, I should have done this and um, beat myself up. I'm like, it happens. If I can't do it, there's not enough time. I didn't have enough time while I was too tired. It's fine. If I feel like today I want to sleep and I don't want to create anything, that's what it's going to be. If if there's another day that I feel inspired, I want to do a million things, I do a million things. So that's how I, that's the approach that I started using, especially now with a eight month old, where some days I have no time to create and I'm like, and I have to spend time with my son. I'm like, so be it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's life. So I I stopped putting pressure on myself to constantly create for the audience. I create when I have time. You make everything work around you. And like, it sounds like you're really honoring yourself and honoring. Yes, you you have to, because you go crazy. You go crazy trying to please everybody, trying to do everything at the same time. I'm a big nerd, (laughs) huge nerd. I like, I like to watch um, so many different things that are outside of my expertise and see, oh, here's a tip that I, that I do for me. I, I watch people in different fields and I listen to their, to their expertise and try to see how I can use that knowledge into my own practice. Sometimes I watch people in cryptocurrency, in business, and things that are irrelevant to what I do. I'm like, how can I translate that into my own practice? Because there are are things that are universal. Um, There is a book called The Universal Law of Success. 
And if it talks about gravity, if you jump off a building, you will fall down. <laughs> doesn't matter what you do. So there are things that are, doesn't matter what field you're in, that could be applied. So these are the things that I read and try to find my own way of, of using them in my practice and to keep me grounded. Mm. So it sounds like it also helps with your creativity too, that yeah. you're always taking in new information. Mm-hmm. That's the nerd in me going, yeah, wait, wait. <laughs> read, you gotta read, you gotta read. <laughs> I'm the same way. I'm always reading something. Uh, <laughs> is there anything else that you would like our listeners to know? Um, find your DNA, meaning find your own way. And it is good to, to, to be influenced by um, other people. But the, 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 the beauty is when you discover who you are as an artist, as an individual, and to find your own touch because everybody has their, their own voice. So the way that I play will not be the same way that another cellist play. The way, that, the way that I speak won't be the same way. So instead of trying to mimic and competing with other people, focus on bettering yourself, your art, and and um, focus on your strength. Acknowledge your weaknesses, but focus on your strength. Because if you sitting here saying you're not good at something, it'll rob you from working on the things that you're good at. Mm. That's my advice. Yeah, I think so many of us always focus on what's wrong rather than the things that give us our give us our edge, make us different. Yeah, my wife reminds me of that a lot of times. When I go off course, she's like, oh my gosh, look at where you were 10 years ago. Look at where you are now. But I'm like, ah, you're right. I hate that you're right, but you're right. <laughs> so sometimes <laughs> I'm like, oh, I wish I, 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 I was like this, this guy. And she's like, oh, slow down, slow down, slow down. Look at where you came from in 2008 to where you are now, where you have the luxury of doing music full-time and don't focus on what you are not accomplishing but versus I mean versus like it's easier said than done because we all do it sometimes we compare ourselves to other people who are ahead of you uh, uh, ahead of us and we don't take the time to pause and reflect of where we came from so just like I said be grateful be grateful be grateful be grateful for every single thing and we all say it in especially in the yoga be present mm. so these are the things that i'm that i'm really starting to enjoy enjoying everything in life even the time with my son if i'm doing that and i i don't have time to create anything so be it because now i i have the time to be to, to be a good father to my son. That's, to me, that's an accomplishment. If I don't have time to do anything else, but I had time to take him to the park and just have daddy moment, so be it. Oh, absolutely. So I'm learning not to put so much pressure on myself anymore and just being, just enjoying just the little things in life. Jeez. I'm learning that too. It's, it's, it's a tough one, but- Yeah, it is a tough so one. important. So how can we find you? Those who are listening, 
Um, you can find me on whatever social platform is the same thing throughout. It's Guy Michelle Music. It's spelled Guy Michelle Music, but pronounced Guy Michelle Music. Um, also, I have a text community. If you are, um, if you want to stay updated with performances in your area, or you want to be updated on my new releases, you can text me at seven eight six. Two two zero three five six eight, and I will update you on whatever I'm I'm up to. So, and I just released a new music and a new book. If you guys are into that too, so awesome! Yeah, all of it is in the show notes. You can find it there. Thank you so much, Gee. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit subscribe, give us a rating, and follow on Instagram at The Aligned Musician. Thank you so much and take care.